The goal of the Salumas podcast is simple. Take a candid, objective, and often comedic approach to the human condition. In keeping with this, the use of expletives, crude humor, and references to harsh realities are commonplace. If you find any of this to be offensive, please throw your listening device in the trash. If not, enjoy the show. And we are back for another episode of the Salinas Podcast. This is Kalu. This is Chris. And we have a special guest. I want to, uh, first of all, say that this guest is actually the first person that I reached out to when I was uh, saying that wanted to kind of have something like this, like have a podcast. And so he gave me some really good ideas and stuff like that. And that's what, after that, after getting advice from him and stuff like that, I reached out to Chris and then it all spun out of control from there. And so I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself. Go ahead and do that. Yeah. Uh, so Cody Turner, um, man, this is like always difficult. This part of like, how do you <laughs> present yourself to the world yeah. in a, uh, in a soundbite? What's your boilerplate, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have, uh, been in digital marketing in one aspect or another since I was, I don't know, the ripe age of 18 Gosh. when uh, somebody first taught me how to write some HTML code and I just kind of ran with it there. Yeah. So career-wise, I've kind of grown up with uh, the maturation of the internet and um, I've turned that into a variety of J-O-Bs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, you know, own the uh, Bourbon and Proof Vest here in town. Um with uh, two other business partners. We also co-own a digital advertising agency where we run Facebook, Google, Instagram ads. And then uh, I teach at uh, the university, uh, social media marketing classes, um, digital marketing classes, and advertising classes. And then also um, I'm co-owner and partnered with um, an options trading website uh, that's been in operation for about 20 years now so <laughs> how old are you man uh I turned 37 this year holy god yeah you're you're doing everything <laughs> uh you know maybe maybe everything's doing me <laughs> i haven't figured that out yet <laughs> okay okay that's actually pretty funny <laughs> No, that's cool. That's cool. So the reason why I wanted to have you on here was because you and I talked a little bit about just this. I don't even know the best way to say it, but it's like without sounding like some old asshole or something like that. It's just (laughs) this generation, you know, Uh, the people that are that are younger than us, the people that are really coming up and are going to be the the new leaders and whatever you want to call it of the world. And I sit there and say it like we're 80 years old and we're about to die or something like that. Like we couldn't do shit now, but I just, I know that those people are essentially the future. And with you being in your, your realm, you know, teaching college students and all that kind of stuff, I wanted us to really talk about that and just sort of figure out how we can better work with them or, or why they think the way they do um, and just sort of figure out some kind of common ground so we can all figure shit out. You know, um, I think that that's a, I would imagine that the trends and we have even talked about it too, is that each generation is a response to the one before it. 
And so coming from an economics and marketing standpoint, where did we go right or where did we go wrong in in saying that the generation is sort of a response to us? I see a lot of really awesome things coming from uh, the, the folks younger than us, but I see a lot or maybe what's shown to me is a lot of bad things, a lot of negative things. And, you know, everyone hears like, you know, they t- they use the term snowflake. They call the kids pussies. They say they don't want to take chances or they want to do all this other stuff. Where where did it become a thing to sort of think like that? Or has it always been like that? Every generation is going to call the one before it something like that. So there's uh, so much to unpack there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, man. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, like, my bad. It's, it's like, here's a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. <laughs> Pick whichever one that you want, you know. If you've got about two minutes, have at it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just kind of parsing out what you're saying there. I mean, I think your sentiment of each generation is a product of the previous generation. That's mm-hmm. That seems sound. You know? Okay. I mean, certainly from a Darwinistic perspective, it's like the sheer profundity that you exist cannot be overstated like it's just it it just can't be overstated like you're here mm-hmm. everybody before you got it right end of story huh period yeah full stop there is no much there's there's nothing more to it than that they got it right yeah and so all right that's the end of the episode cool <laughs> sounds good you just solved the whole problem cool well no i mean it's like it's like that's the sort of the baseline with which i try to articulate my thinking Okay. About where you are at in time. And uh, to not straw man that, to not um, take that for granted, right? So you're talking about being in this position where I guess we're all somewhat middle aged. Yeah. And uh, Brandon's sitting there shaking his head. <laughs> I'm still 18 at heart. Yeah. Brandon just joined us, by the way. So go ahead and say, Brandon. I'm Brandon in the background. <laughs> there you go. Cool. Yeah. So you. Uh, you look at people who are in generation younger than us, and I was the Gen Zs. Mm-hmm. Can't I? Uh, it's hard to keep those straight. You said the Jay Zs. Gen, Gen, Gen Zs. Gen Zs. Yeah. I was just like, what? Yeah, because yeah. we're we're I guess the old end of Generation Y, the young end of X. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. we're we're like the we're on the very end of millennials. Actually. They call it yeah. zennials yeah. or yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. Bizarre. I mean, of course, all these things have to be categorized. So sure. That. Yeah. Qualifiers on everything. <laughs> yeah. Wait, why is it that they do that? Well, I think there is kind of, there is a distinction between yeah. our generation because we encountered technology, but we were also privy to yeah. like playing in the backyard yeah. at yeah. the same yeah. time. Drinking from the water hose. Yeah, yeah. So we've, we've watched the totality of it unfold, but yeah. we remember a time before cell phones and all that other stuff. Right. So I think that, one, we draw a distinction because there legitimately is a distinction. And then two, the stigma that's associated with being called a millennial is something mm-hmm. that a lot of people want to distance themselves from. Yeah. Do you think that that's the... I, I kind of think that that is the case for me because sometimes I get called a millennial by and you're like, like... I ain't one of them motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just like, wait a minute. That's not true, man. I, I, I have this... I'm like, getting real offended I'm like, I make shit. too much money to be a fucking millennial, <laughs> so, man. So, so, man that, that sounds like, poor. Kalu would be like, that just sounds poor. I don't want... Uh, no, it's just... It's hipsters. That's where I'm just like... Uh. So I just came back from uh, the Craft Brewers Conference in Denver uh, two weeks ago. 
How was that? <laughs> Fascinating. Okay. Please tell me more. Uh, quit, t- quit touching him, Sorry. Brandon. Quit, yeah, dude. Get your hand <laughs> off his leg. <laughs> I want to say there was uh, 14,000 people at this conference. Jesus it was huge. Christ. It was huge. And, uh, you know, they have sessions, breakout sessions in the conference, and I attended all the ones that were marketing related. And so you, you are talking about the stigma of the label millennials. Yeah. Well, millennial is like tentamount to sex to marketers. Like, it's like the... <laughs> yeah, uh, they just, they're like, they'll they're, buy anything! They're, they're just like, that's, that's just hyper-focused on let's market to the millennials. And, yeah. you know, we've been, I think, hearing this and more or less for the last five or six years. And five or six years ago, it seemed like a stupid target market. But now, well, I guess we are the target market. Yeah. And we are the ones with the money, so it's like, it's, yeah. it's weird. Um Wherever the overlap is on millennials and the Gen Zs, so yeah, yeah, interesting. That's uh, it's it's crazy to think about that. Like, why? Even okay for you guys, that's that is the 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 market and stuff like that. But how come marketing hasn't done a better job of like giving the millennial culture some like something to sort of stand on? Because it seems like they get shit on. Quite a bit. Things have shifted, though, correct? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. it's yeah. really, and, and what's funny is that you see in, you know, our more conventional media outlets, uh, millennials are killing yeah. whatever industry you want to fucking call yeah, it. I've yeah, I've been seeing yeah. that. They're killing the, the chain restaurants and stuff yeah. like that. Well, retail, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. retail. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's not so much that the spending is still going on. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, the, the it's we could, where it's being spent. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, there's, Debate regarding impulse control, yeah. like you know, the the millennials have problems with. Let me buy the Starbucks. Let me buy this and not really think about it. But at the same time, you know, living wage that whole debate as yeah. well is going on. But as he knows very fucking well, millennials are spending the hell out of money. They're yeah. just spending it on um, digital subscriptions mm-hmm. that they don't even think about. You just have subscriptions to five different things that automatically draft out, out of your account every yeah. month. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny too. You said that because like there was something I was reading, I think on, on actually on the way here where I was just saying that like millennials now, it's just something like family planning and marriage and all that kind of stuff. It's just not a thing. A lot of people are just like skipping that and just saying, Hey, I, there's no point in, there's no reason for it or anything like that. Yeah. And I think that the the old school mindset is like get married, start financially planning for this, for kids, for this, and blah, blah, blah. And when you don't have that, you can you're like, Well, I'll just spend it on seventeen subscriptions for shit and you know, buy Starbucks whenever I well, want or something. I mean, there's obviously a lot to unpack there too, but <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean if, if just go back to what you're saying, Chris, is like so from my perspective, I would say that Millennials are buying convenience. Absolutely, convenience. I would That's agree it. with it's that one hundred percent. Yeah, it's you know, comfort, con- comfort, and convenience. In, in exchange for, and this is the the IT person or the tech person to me, yeah. convenience in exchange for literally everything else. Like yeah, yeah. their it's, security, it's their information. Like yeah. you are absolutely yeah. complacent. You need my social? Yeah. It's already, yeah. it's already, it's, yeah. it's already. I agree to these conditions. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's definitely the high order bit. And of, then you get paid just enough money to get up and go to work. Like you're mm. like, fuck, I got to go to work because I got to pay these bills. Like you don't, I mean, you don't accrue anything. Is that a bad thing? Well, that that's a rabbit hole, man. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> just the whole debate on what constitutes bad, I guess. But, but going back to what you were saying about, uh, I think if we can tease out a piece of this, 
traditional media typically has this negative personification of millennials. And it's like, Absolutely. oh, they're destroying this industry. They're destroying that industry. When in the reality, they're just buying on convenience. The buying is still there. The purchasing is still there. It's just shifting hands with where the money's being spent. Mm. And so this really ties in sort of the economic impact and one of the negative perceptions about the generational gap, right? Mm -hmm. It's right there, right? It's like, you're not spending the money the way I think you should be spending the money. Mm. Well, you're not my generation. You didn't, you're not doing it the way that we did it, right? So that it, it's teasing out a bit of that generational gap that you are trying to get a yeah. pulse on for sure. So, And okay. then that seems to be piggybacked on to the whole notion of even things like patriotism. Like something like, I think Budweiser was mentioned as millennials are killing Budweiser because overwhelmingly they're millennials are, beer. yeah, they're buying better fucking beer. Yeah. yeah. And that gets piggybacked very subtly onto like, well, this is like a backbone of Americana and these, these douchebag millennials don't appreciate good, simple mm -hmm. beer, but it's just, it's a cultural shift. I yeah. can assure you that the craft brewers are all American from what I saw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 But like three Floyds, mm, like that's, yeah. Yeah. that's my junk. But yeah. that's the thing that gets, that gets perceived as kind of uh, ostentatious. I, I think by we won't even say necessarily previous generations. People that are like five, six, seven years older than we are mm -hmm. are totally anti anything, anything with frills on it. Sure, it's like, and then I think that you could also uh, look into the marketing aspects of anti intellectualism. I think if you have people that are just absolutely indignant when it comes to um, trying new things or uh, actually trying things that are like hokum, like pseudoscience, actually not even pseudoscience, actual just total bullshit like crystals and, and that kind of stuff. There's a huge market for that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But that has to be, there's a vested interest, I guess, in perpetuating anti-intellectualism because then you end up with people that believe in a flat earth um, not vaccinating your children, um, and and again the using crystals and sage to fix problems in your life. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> I know that's like a diatribe, but uh, I think all that stuff's just kind of mixed in there and blended in there. Like the I'm not uh, secularism, for example. Yeah, people are going to church less, but you how often do you hear people say that they're spiritual? Yeah, I think there that there's a growing amount of people saying that they're spiritual, and then they pick up. They, there's this growing market of people buying like tarot cards and and different like herbs and yeah. tinctures and bullshit like that. And I don't know if that's. I think that that's correlated quite a bit with this generation as well. Mm -hmm. I think there's there's something that. That I started thinking about, like, as I've gone on with, as we sort of go through, like, the Facebook generation and just all that kind of stuff, I, I, I feel like this generation now, they're, in my opinion, less of the consumer and more of the product. And I think that, like, companies like the Facebooks out there and all these other people, like, they've found a way to sort of control this product and just get the product. Am like, I starting to make it's sense? Like domestication. Sounds yeah. Like, it's, like it's, it's cattle. Almost, yeah. It, it's oh, like, man. 
So I you, don't, don't want to call it like mind control yeah. or something like that, but like they're we, actively making kind of subtle decisions, decisions on how for, you spend your exactly, money. exactly. Like when when did it happen? Where it's like the first thing that a lot of people do when they wake up in the morning is check their app. So you two are showing cards here, huh? like big time. No, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but like it's are. like it's very clear the perception of <laughs> yeah, what well, you think the young. But I, like here's but that's what that's what this, I yeah. sort of yeah. do. Like I'll wake up and I'm just like, all right, I it's either I check mail yeah. or I'll check whatever apps or something like that. Yeah. Like I'm 100 percent guilty. I feel like I'm in that, and so I'm trying to mm-hmm. sort of unpack it for myself as well you know i I, yeah i'm easily showing my cards as far as how i feel about it but like (laughs) it's something that i wish that i can change either either i wish that i can change it or i want to be okay with the fact that i do it sure sure so you're saying you're not okay with the fact that you do it why because I, I, maybe people have told me that there's something else that I should be doing well, instead. And I think the long and short of it, really, where he stands is he is kind of like he sees the negative influence of social media and, and how it is kind of a manipulative, pervasive element in people's lives. Whereas, and, and correlating that with the generational talk that mm-hmm, we're going mm-hmm. on. And then I'm more of the give them a pass because there are social institutions and active pushes by, and I go, you know, I'm going to go a little bit down the rabbit hole, but like a capitalist society has a vested interest in, you know, facilitating buying through whatever psychological means you can muster. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that this generation has been victimized. Um, and, and again, nothing against higher education. I adore higher education, Mm -hmm. but People, without really understanding what it entails, taking on $100,000 in student loan debt to, to no end. You know, they just go to school, they graduate with a liberal arts degree, and then do not know what to do with it necessarily. Again, my, my background <laughs> isn't in social work. Mm-hmm. It was in more in advanced data analysis than anything. But when I got out of school, I was like... You know, am I going to write grants? What What am I going to do? And, you know, I qualified for these civil service positions, and that's what I went into. Um, but I do, I, I, I sincerely believe, he believes in extreme accountability, which I do in certain contexts, but I also believe that there's an active push to manipulate and take advantage of not just this generation, but everybody in general as far as buying is concerned. Um, so yeah, how, you, how you consign your time. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to is trading time for commodities, I guess, is what I'm looking at it. So now I'm looking at the gears working in your head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to discount uh, what you're saying there, Chris, because I mean, you I think you're really touching on the pulse of some very serious problems that we need to contend with. And I think that that's look, social media is a lot of things, but one of the things that it is most of is new. It's incredibly new. Mm-hmm. You map the lifetime of social media versus human development, and it's like not even a hair on a gnat's dick. Yeah. And then, like, we don't know how to process <laughs> really it yet. It's really small. We, we, just, we don't know how to process <laughs> that yet. And it's going to take us, you know what? It's going to take this generational fighting yeah. that we're dealing with and contending with to get to a point where we do muster it and manage it and understand it in a better way. So let's back to one of the first things you said. It's like, okay, is social media bad? Mm-hmm. 
Is it? I don't think it is. Well, I mean, it, yeah. it, it clearly can be, but it can also be very good, right? It's, it's like that moderation piece is what we're looking for. Yeah. And that part's hard. It's really difficult. So, I've said that it's like a gun before. We had we had an episode a while back on uh, a long time ago, one of our first ones on social media, and um, I equated it to like a gun. And and I love guns, and I think that they're great, but I think that they, you should also have a certain respect for them because they can they can save or end a life right and they can there's all sorts of things that they can they can do they can make you feel safe they can scare the hell out of someone you know and it's it's this weird kind of balance that i and not even balance of respect that i think that we i wish that i had a better amount of for it on the internet because like we we have friends that'll get into Facebook art. I actually jumped in on one one of your friend, one of your friends on uh, on on Facebook, and it's just like, would the same? Would we interact the same way if if it wasn't there? So let me. I gotta. I gotta throw in on this. So look, you could compare social media to a great number of things and make valid comparisons on some levels. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I like the analogy to a gun. That makes sense in a lot of ways because you're talking about managing it with a level of respect and care. But there has never been anything like this on the face of the earth ever before. Are you counting so, in like uh, MySpace and this everything is, this too? This is this. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't because because of the convenience, the ease with which would you can communicate in MySpace wasn't there. There were a lot okay. of barriers. Well, this almost constitutes something that could impact human <coughs> evolution. Like oh, anthrop- absolutely. anthropologically, we absolutely. are now connected in a way yeah. that mm-hmm. our species has never been connected. Absolutely, sure. I couldn't agree more. So, yeah. to me, like you were talking about the gun analogy, at- and and not to you know make it sound hokey or oversimplified, but to me, it's almost more like the invention of fire. Like wow, co- cooking, that that cooking level. Meat. Well, it, in the information age, yeah, yeah you know in, what? In you're you're stone, right. In the Stone Age, the invention of fire would be that profound. I yeah. mean, I, again, you're getting more calories, whatever. This is socially like consumption it's, of more calories. Yeah. It's it's like the Gutenberg press, but huh. on a level far beyond the Gutenberg press mm-hmm. because it's like, what did the Gutenberg press enable people to do? disseminate information yeah. through books and that had never happened before and prior to the invention of that well you compared the the knowledge that uh, I, 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 I'm I think I'm recounting this properly I'll have to correct me if I'm wrong but the knowledge that uh, the typical person in the middle ages would encounter their entire lifetime I've heard this before and maybe it's incorrect is like it would fit on the front page of a newspaper wow. right and then how out comes the Gutenberg press and now suddenly, you know, everybody has access to mass tomes of knowledge, right? And then fast forward to the computer and all the effects that, that had. And now we're at this point where we have this medium that lets you have arguments, political in nature, with your friends in real time whenever you want to. Yeah. Right? Now, is that good or bad? I don't, I don't really think we're even equipped to handle answering that damn question yet. I don't, don't think, think so. we know. I've, I think that... I feel biology can't keep up with it. it it's no, really, that's that's very true. Because we're we're essentially within the same generation <laughs> of having encountered all this like vast flood of information and reciprocity. So I guess for for me, when we're talking about like going people going and having political arguments yeah. or something like that on on a social media platform, 
it doesn't feel as genuine because you can quickly, or or maybe it is. Maybe that's just maybe how it, it is. is. Yeah, because <laughs> someone could easily go and pull up some information to reference something, pull mm-hmm. up pictures to reference mm-hmm. something, but it's like. Because the internet is so ginormous, it's like, is that information that you're getting even right? Because you're just quickly going and doing a Google search and you're just like, hey, here you go. Check this out. And yeah. boom, right there. And and the fact that the, the internet, and, and this is something we've also said, it creates so many uh, limitless information and, and, and connections, but also limitless isolation. Where if you want to entrap yourself in an echo chamber, all you have to do is favorite a couple of these websites that match your thing only be with these people that fit this thing and i feel like that kind of gets people into trouble because it's it's almost like the same level of if you want to call it anti-intellectualism that's out there i don't block any people that that share different views than me you know what i'm saying yeah but when you lived in an age when the most amount of information you would ever encounter fit on the front page of a newspaper everybody lived in echo chambers Okay. That is, that is a fair. And I was, That's fair. I, I was That's fair. To say that even prior to the invention mm-hmm. of the internet, mm-hmm. uh, you would think r- relative proximity in the same neighborhood. There's kind of a decent homogeneity of thought. I'd say voting patterns, yeah. um, ideals, that kind of stuff. I, and I think it's only recently, now that we do have access to all this stuff, that it's been magnified. That um, we. We are deliberately choosing the echo chamber as opposed to being the product of the echo chamber. Didn't even know the chamber existed. Right. right? Yeah. You, you were just yeah. existing in the motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. God, that's you were, were you're actively creating your own echo chamber. And that's really what it comes down to. If you want to be a discerning consumer of information, you're gonna have to willingly go yeah. and see the other side. You have to, and it sucks. It's not fun. Yeah. You're gonna get. You're gonna encounter douchebaggery. You'll probably uh, partake in some yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's that- it's hard too. Like when I, and you can see where where it happens. Like if you go on like some of the news Facebook or uh, the news networks here in town, their Facebook pages, they'll post an article, and oh it's my like God, the comments, <laughs> like yeah. the comment sections. Are some of the like uh, I'm well, just like well, how we, are you people uh, alive? I've got two right things now? on this, and then and then the other thing is like I think one of the worst things that that Facebook did was make the dislike face because <laughs> I think it is the worst invention ever because all it is is just in my opinion it's just old people they're like I dislike that or you, something like that or I like that I tagged you in was it WBKO where they were talking about. Uh, Banning white nationalist groups from yeah. WKU campus, and uh-huh. it was was it Identity Europa? Is that the? Yeah, I think that was. Do you didn't there was a? I think it was Identity Europa. They came. They were coming onto campus, and they were and wanting to talk. Yeah, and they wanted but, to go and actively like you know hand out. Yeah, literature they wanted. And yeah, shit. then they wanted to do a thing at the Circus Square Park, and people were trying to like mobilize to get there, and this I was is, just this like, is perfect. Huh? This is perfect. I, I here's the thing, and I told him I was like, look. You, when I said you give them energy by going and showing up, it's like just leave it alone and it sort of just dies on its own. So, so here's one of the potential two things I want to say this real quick. So, mm-hmm. first and foremost, uh, back to the generational conversation, respect with the framework that we're talking about right now. Um, and I'm sure you all have seen this, but there's been studies that show that indicate that it's actually the older generation that shares fake news more commonly, yeah. mm. or you know. Yeah. 
not well vetted information, I guess I should yeah. say. Uh, but then the other piece of this is so here's one of the very positive things that social media enables us to do, and I think that you 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 all would probably agree just based on your own anecdotal experience mm-hmm. experience with the comments that you've seen on like articles for WGY. Sure. Younger generations are using this as a means to ostracize people that they shouldn't be that they don't want within their social circles anyways yeah. right so you get a white supremacist or nationalist group comes on wants to come on campus and students see this it's like I don't want anything to do with those people mm-hmm. right i'll give you i'll give you a more concrete example so um, there's an auto dealership in town and <laughs> you've seen this post uh, um, yeah yeah yeah, we so, talked about it in our yeah, last episode. Yeah, well, so I, I don't want to go over the details of it again if you talked about it already. He was but, real racial. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so you you have this mechanism now where it's if people want to share their real selves freely in the medium, in this space, have at it. Yeah. Go for it. Just own the consequences. Yeah, because yeah, they're coming. Yeah. You want to be an outright asshole? Great. Yeah. Everybody can see it. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> when when I tagged him in that comment section regarding the identity Europa yeah. folks wanting to demonstrate, literally, I, I would say three quarters of the comment section were guys trying to validate, you know, free, freedom yeah. of speech. And, yeah. and then I, I think someone linked a subreddit mm-hmm. where those actual guys were... Yes. We're organizing and be like, hey, when you come on here, don't be adversarial. Yeah. Well, positivity, when you paint it as positivity and freedom of speech, people are more receptive to it as mm-hmm. opposed to lashing out. And it's a little, it was a little disturbing, man. But, so, but how so awesome how, that you could share that off Reddit. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it just it's, completely undermined. Yeah. It's an arms strategy. race, yeah. dude. Yeah. It is a fucking yeah. arms race. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's, if it's, because I feel like there's people out there who, who are constantly talking about free speech and and one person that I follow pretty pretty closely is like Jordan Peterson you know and he gets he does get shit on a lot because he has he'll just kind of say something there and I, I like him because he just he makes me think especially yeah. if it's something I don't agree with he just he has a good way of just bringing it out there and talking about it and there's there's many other people like him or in his camp that are like that but why is it that people want to shut that out? And especially, why is it that that's happening on like social media platforms and stuff like that? Oh, well, because well, look, what, what is, look at the parallels. What does mainstream media do? The same thing. What, try and shut other people out? Is that yeah, what you're yeah, trying? No, absolutely. It's sure. like, yeah. let's straw man the opposite argument as best we can, you know, narrow it down to, its weakest point, it's Achilles' heel, and reframe it in the way that it makes it easier for us to promulgate our worldview, right? So mm-hmm. it's like that that behavior or characteristic is not unique, systemic to social media. It's just how people act. You know, it's just okay. social media is just a medium, another medium that they're doing that. Mainstream mm-hmm. media has been doing it for a long time. Sure, and and a lot of it is. It's a wolf's. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing in the form of this like uh, supposedly very progressive. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm leftist as shit, but it's supposedly very progressive group of individuals that, in a pretty dogmatic kind of way, will do this shit like where they will cancel someone mm-hmm. 
because they are insistent upon purity. Mm-hmm. Like if someone has this one character flaw or they say said something 20 years ago, they're canceled. And it, there's people aren't realizing that that's a form of intolerance in and of itself. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'm not one of these people that's out here actively <laughs> parading for um, you know, the rights of white supremacists. Yeah, sure, go and demonstrate, but you might get punched in the face. Like it, it, it's whatever. But in this instance, I, I do kind of see the uh, the merit in it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, I've I've never been of the camp to say, I've never been of that mindset to to cancel those people. Um, I think that I've always thought that they need to be seen more than than heard because. You, you and I have talked about it before. I would rather know the racist. I would rather know who this person mm-hmm. is because it makes it just makes things easier for me. That's why I've always said, like, hey, take the mask yeah. off, KKK guy. The you know only, what I'm saying? Just, like, let me see who you are. If you're so proud about it, take the mask well, off. The let only, me see. The only danger, and I think it is a legitimate sociological sure. point to have to touch on, is... Um, desensitization mm-hmm. and normalization of that kind of shit. It, the fact that it even exists in any kind of context where it can be, you can even just draw caricatures of it. Yeah. Um, normalizes it to a point where I, I think it, it, it draws people in. Sure. It does. Like there, there are fringe. If you think about, you know, the term Nazi gets thrown around very liberally. Dangerously. Yeah. yeah. It gets thrown around across the board. But if you look at it, the number of white nationalist groups, white sovereignty-based mm-hmm. groups, uh, membership has never been higher. They've just rebranded. Mm-hmm. They have kind of varying viewpoints on stuff. Some some are more a... Uh, uh, socialistic leaning. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like white supremacists that are socialistic. But it's a rebranding of what amounts to white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know where the fuck I was going with that. Oh, I think I think with some of those groups uh, probably, I would imagine that maybe the new trend is that the majority of them are probably not trying to go and like burn churches and burn crosses and go beat up black people and brown people and all that kind of stuff. It's more for them as some kind of preservation of whatever it is they of, think that of they eminence, have. Yeah, of like, eminence, yeah. Of eminence, yeah. There you go. It's sort of this preservation that they feel like they need to have or they feel like they're losing or something like that. It's almost as though being a minority sucks sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I like maybe. It, that's, that's the point. It's like, do you get it now? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, But, but and, and again, I, I guess I can muster some modicum of respect for folks that are just like, well, yeah, I'm, I am fucking freaking out because I want to preserve my culture and... Uh, this is how I'm unapologetically going about it, but that that does by default put you at odds with, with other people yes, because it's, other. it becomes social Darwinism yes. at that yeah. point. And I think yeah. that the when you do something like that, you need to be part of that that realization or that choice that you make to be all about that mindset is saying like, I'm going to have to eat a lot of shit sandwiches for possibly the rest of my life by living like this, and that's why I feel like people somehow think they're they're above or something like that. It's like when it's why I don't understand why the dudes that'll be 
you know, those religious nut jobs and stuff like that, that stand, they were standing in front of your bourbon and brew yeah, fest, yeah. calling women whores and all this other stuff, people f- for drinking. And they, and they're sitting there with body cams on, you know what I'm saying? Like, because they want someone to punch them in the mouth or something like that. So they can get proof of it. But it's just like, look, if you're really about that, take the body cam off, like own, own this choice that you've made to live with that. And I, I feel like, in my opinion, I'd be like, okay, they're, they're doing their thing. But it just seems like a joke when well, it's like... The hysteronics, man, like, uh, and, and not to shit on them, I kind of am on board, but the anti-circumcision folks that were walking <laughs> around town yeah. with the bloody crotches, <laughs> was so- I swear, <laughs> like, I feel them. Like, I understand from a, you know, biological and ethical viewpoint where you're coming from. Like, yeah. I legit do. But the fact that they're walking around doing that, like 80% of people are like, stop. Yeah. Like, quit it, man. Mm-hmm. I get it. But do you know how many times that thing was shared on Facebook? Mm-hmm. You know oh, the yeah. recognition mm-hmm. that they've gotten? They're oh, getting, yeah. I think I mean, they did their job. They Absolutely, did their job. Absolutely. They did. But That's what, yeah, I mean, everyone's going to do that. Everyone wants that recognition. Mm-hmm. So, But, Brandon, are you going to get your son circumcised? No, I want him standing out there with a the bloody cross <laughs> <laughs> later on in life. Yeah, for real. <laughs> No, I, I, no, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't get a lot of these movements and stuff like that. And I don't want us to Who go like like the old angry dude on his porch. I'm like, sitting there. Yeah, like, I, I love like the shit. way my dick looks, man. I don't understand why you want anything different. Make dicks great again. That's, that's what I need to do. Man. That's going to be the, my anti movement, yeah, my yeah. anti circumcision or whatever. Oh. Make make dicks great again. But yeah, let's. Let's go back to like just the the original thing, like, and it seems like we also somebody's gonna be mad that we talked about dicks. Like somebody listening is gonna is gonna be like, oh, they they brought up dicks. Like <laughs> here they go. Yeah, but we're not talking about your dick this time. No, we're talking about Kalu's dick this time. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right, Cody, tell us tell us more. Let let's keep going with with social media. I want to. Uh, it's really funny because I wanted to say like I wanted this episode to sort of be like a commentary on on the, just the generation, but I think what the actual energy where we where we should be allocating it and where we are allocating it is going to be social media because that that is just an intrinsic part. It, it's it seems like it's no different than your arm anymore. Is that kind of where yeah, we are? But look, no, look, all the conversations we have, maybe excluding the dick ones, uh, <laughs> they're they're all intimations of the meta conversation we're having here okay right it's like you're just you're looking at so take take your run-of-the-mill don't drink bible thumping guy that shows up at the bourbon and brew fest right yeah he's or she's fighting to protect the things that got them where they're at in life Hmm. you know presumably they came from a culture that was maybe a little bit more strict than mainstream Judeo-Christian Western civilization, right? Yeah. So less fun. Yeah, yeah I was going to yeah, say, right? way less so, fun. But, but see, that it's, this is, it's like, again, I'm saying this is an animation of what we're talking about because, look, they're wrong. Yeah. They were right, you know, you're, the previous generations were right up to the point that you exist. Huh. Right? But see, you're wrong about a lot of shit. And the people younger than you are wrong about a lot of shit. And where we're at is this constant trying to balance the things that worked in the past and the way the world is in the future. Okay. That's where you're at as a generation. So being the marketing and e-com guy, what's working? 
that's a complicated question to answer, you know? I mean, there's all sorts of things. Uh, actually, Chris had made some point about, you know, biologically we can't keep up with the evolution of this super communication tool that we have that's social media. You, you're damn right. I mean, we, 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 we don't know what the implications of it are yet, right? Uh, really? No, oh, no, look, look, dude, birth control it, pills. It, it chemically changes your fucking brain. Okay. Right. I, I, constant access to like social a drug. media. Yeah, yeah, it is. It yeah. elicits a just a little tiny... Dopaminogenic. Yeah. Chem. All right. What are you saying? What I was just saying, but like parallel that to like birth control pills. Huh. We don't know what the, gene- the long-term reproductive impact of birth control to our civilization will be. Yeah. And I, look, I want to be very clear here. I'm not making a value statement on it. I'm yeah. not saying it's good. It's not saying it's bad. I don't fucking know. Yeah. We don't fucking know. You know, it's it's not been around that long as it turns out. And we're a lot older than it's been around. Yeah. Well, we got here. Yeah. <laughs> what What had in the past worked in terms of like propagating the species. And now you're introducing this mechanism that has a huge clearly huge impact on our long-term reproductive success as a society as a civilization as a being right well facebook in a weird way is doing the same things i mean it's it's changing the nature of what it means to date yeah it is yeah well what's the long-term impact of that i don't know we don't know like we have no idea Hmm. you know so we're constantly playing catch up with (coughs) The, the things that we make and introduce and adopt as a society. Well, and, and again, like, I, I think if you're talking about uh, one generation removed from us, mm-hmm. and I have older parents. My parents are in their late 70s. But I kind of grew up in a household where there was still um, basic understanding of, like, agrarian pa- practices and, like, canning and, mm-hmm. and just traditional methodology of stuff. And that very much was a part of our identity, and it still is a part of my identity. So that, over, I guess, the past three decades, two, three decades, largely has been lost. You don't Mm -hmm. see, you you do see people coming back to it, Mm -hmm. like figuring out how to do it later on. But a lot of that stuff has been lost. So identity is not formulated on the basis of your own personal utility as much as it's formulated on the basis of who you are online. Precisely. Mm. Because again, those are the things that worked, that got you to where you are at, that you exist. It's like the culture, the tradition, the methodologies, the things that you, your parents believe, their parents believe, et cetera. And that, that struggle that we are constantly involved with or dealing with or the, the tension, the, the the generational tension you feel all the time. And certainly we do now, certainly becoming sort of middle-aged, as I said earlier, it's there are things that we know that worked. Whether we're able to articulate them or not, it's like, well, playing out in the sandbox worked, right? Because it got me to where I'm at, and I'm healthy, and I'm good. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's yeah. like uh going to the bar to date like that worked right mm-hmm. well the, but that's not the future the future is you know kids with ipads and iphones and tinder well, okay know? but here's one thing that that it seems like huh. doesn't it seems like something that 
that happened a lot more for earlier generations mm-hmm. that doesn't happen so much. And it's it's failure. And it's taking losses. And it's things going wrong for you. And I think... And, and it's also like conflict with with respect to like war and stuff like that. Um, I think I feel like one of the things that we all have that a lot of the current generation doesn't have is like just just talking about like the school system now. Like it's it seems at least, and again, I have a you know I have a thirteen year old in, in seventh grade right now. It seems like. You have to really try to fail. You have to try really hard to fail at school because it's like they just make it so easy. Like things are just made so easy. And even my dad, when you know, before he retired, mm-hmm. one of his gripes was these kids just expect me to just pass them for things. And they expect to not have to read or do research or all these other things. Some of these skills that like the teacher would fail us, no problem if we didn't have that. And it's like, because that is going on, I have seen kids come into the workforce that don't know how to handle conflict and don't know how to handle when something goes wrong at work or they bomb on a project or bomb on a deadline or something like that. You'd think they're on suicide watch or something like Mm -hmm. that. And it's like, I think that failure is just as important as success and i feel like because there there wasn't enough because the convenience thing mm-hmm. right well and it's not and it's and not comfort. profound failure it's like, not it's, profound failure like they mm-hmm. experience they experience failure but their failure to us is just like a mundane setback type shit yeah like my phone broke or something like that. you know what i'm saying yeah. no that that's a big that's a big thing for some people but like because that stuff doesn't seem to be happening that much it's like when when they come into the world where they're okay, you're no longer under your parents' roof. You're supposed to handle things now, because I think that there, a lot of the world is still a lot of the world is still run by people from previous generations. And when you come into that, the expectation is that you're supposed to, you know, like jump mm-hmm. into that same mindset. And it just doesn't work out. But the system wants you to be a consumer, right? Sure. That the system has a vested interest in you being more of a consumer and less of a competitor. If I'm reading it right, I mean, mm-hmm. that that's what it seems like. So even our school system, if you look at it, you don't see statistical analysis is not part of a, a basic education in high school. And it yeah. seems to me being able to analyze statistics mm-hmm. should be more fundamental than calculus in general. There's mm-hmm. more utilitarian practice like with these studies that get published, mm-hmm. they'll they'll publish a study. They'll just and, throw percentages and stuff yeah, like and, that. And, no and, one knows. And the like, sample size is fucking sixty three yeah, people. Yeah, and they will generalize about happens on the news tons. Yeah. Just there's yeah, like fifty eight percent would not vote for Trump. But, it's like they voted. Dude, you know, they they interviewed well, like seventy people right, in New once, York City once, <laughs> at the DNC. Yeah, at the DNC. Implementing <laughs> statistics within one generation, yeah. I think it would have profound implications for how people in general process the information that they're bombarded with. Mm-hmm. But our curriculum is not it to me is not seemingly it's it's geared towards creating consumers facilitating immediate gratification, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not going to go down the path of uh, chastising people talking about like participation trophies and that kind of shit, because that's, 
that's not really where I'm at as yeah. far as harping on some stuff. But you're right. The the profound failures, um, insulation from discomfort mm-hmm. is one of the most stifling fucking things. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're hooked on. Yeah. That's the new drug. It's like sugar or anything else. We are hooked on being comfortable and at being all right. Being right, being comfortable, being insulated from shit. And, you know, any number of us can just sit here and fucking stagnate. We have the world at our fingertips Mm -hmm. and and a huge TV. It's real easy to get complacent. So why would would a school system, why would it want to raise revolutionaries and and independent thinkers? And to, to add on to that, how does that affect you teaching these college students? Now, and, and granted, I'm not talking about uh, college. I well, was, I mean, I, you, I was I was talking more about like up through high school. Yeah, I th- but I think that as you get into you know what what level of marketing classes are you teaching? Like freshmen? Or are you doing advanced? Or are you all across the? So it's the first semester that I've taught freshman and sophomore uh, level classes, but or a class that had predominantly freshmen and sophomores in it. But uh, most of my experience is with uh, juniors and seniors, actually. Okay, so your first semester with doing freshman and sophomore, does what we're saying ring true to that? Partially. I mean, look, it's like, you, you, with due respect, you guys are doing the same thing. You're strawmanning it. Do you think? You're saying that, look, kids, they have it so much easier. They're not presented with conflict or real failure. And as a consequence, we become accustomed to or they're, we're, we're raising a cush society that's like, give me my TV and beer and I'm good to go. And it's like, look, maybe that works for a lot of people. But you're still, you're still going to have the independent thinkers because that, that process of shielding or that time period where they are insulated from reality, whatever actual reality is at a particular age, that ends eventually because they end up going into the workforce and dealing with uh, you, who you said you're that was running a business that just retired? Uh, I'm trying to think of who I just said that. Well, I'll say my dad retired yeah, from yeah. teaching. Yeah, and you talked to well, you, 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 these kids eventually grow up, they graduate, they get into the workforce, and then guess what? Reality is, we see it in our generation of the things that we worked with, which is a little more cush than I think our parents had it for sure. Absolutely. Oh yeah, way more cush than their parents had it. Yeah, yeah. like. It's still some version of tempering the line between success and failure in, in its own way. And let's say you've got some kid who graduates and gets a job and he's, he or she's just terrible at something and fails at a big project. What happens? They get fired, you know, mm-hmm. potentially. And then it's like that moment of the insulation just disappears. And hey, there's real reality at that point. But but it's more complicated than that. It's way more complicated than that because you've got new hiring practices. You have new employment practices. You've got people who are now able to work flexible hours or work from home and awesome vacation packages at these really progressive companies. Those kind of institutions would not have existed in our parents' age. Yeah. Why? Why do they exist now? Because of the change of generational what reality is and what the future can be. And we're wrong about stuff and they're wrong about stuff. It's like some of those companies have tried different practices and failed. 
some of them tried different practices and been very successful and mm-hmm. seen statistically significant positive results from it. So it's like whatever your version of the world is or should be is wrong. You've got sure. some things right. You've got some things wrong because it's not a static target. It's moving. And what it means to be successful or productive or capable for the next generation is not necessarily what it meant for our generation. It certainly wasn't for our parents and it certainly wasn't for their parents. Okay. Do you, what about this? This is a loose, loosely state, loose statement from Gary Vaynerchuk. Do you, do you listen to him at all? Okay. What about when he says that the world has never seen more peace than, than it is now on on the grand scheme. And then also, and he's, he attributes the fact that, that, I hate saying kids these days because I still think I'm young. Sure, sure. But he, but he says that like that that could attribute to why kids these days think the way that they do. There's there's just there's less threats and, and stuff like that out so. there. Like, okay, two three generations ago, I, I this there I was love, like Adolf Hitler. I love <laughs> this. Yeah. I, I love this. So you know you'll have these conversations at dinner and. Uh, if you're close to your friends, you're capable of having it and still be friends, which is great. But uh, you'll be having these conversations and it more or less kind of boils down to people are either a little bit more nihilistic or optimistic. It's like somewhere between those two. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could say realistic. I don't know, whatever. But uh, you'll, you'll, you'll be sitting there and you're having a good meal and you're eating out and you don't have to work for a whole week for it. And yeah. that's fantastic. And it's like... This was a nicety for your grandparents. Yeah. They would be lucky to do this once a month. You could practically eat out every night if you want to. Yeah. I mean, the world is different. It is easier in so many ways to the point where you look at kids these days, to use your (laughs) phrase, and you're like, man, you've got it so easy. You've got technology. You've got convenience. You've got the world's trying to cater to you, et cetera, et cetera. How nice must it be? And then you think about what they seem to perpetuate as their struggles like anxiety and dealing with depression. And yes, there's op- there's yeah. opioid crisis. Their struggles are real suicide too. suicide and all they're that other too. stuff. They're real too. They're different from ours. Like Because they are different, they're a different generation. But do you think that if there were some things that they tried to adopt or some of the lessons or something like that, then maybe it wouldn't be something that they would be worrying about? Like there's... I think oh, that a lot of absolutely. the again, kids these days sweat the small because stuff where we don't. Because they're wrong too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And, and something I think that we it would serve us to take into consideration again is how much more quickly we have evolved from a social and technological view viewpoint, and how that does not coincide with our biology. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, we're not having to worry as much about a big cat jumping out from behind a fucking bush. Sure. But we still have those same kinds of adrenal responses and and, and stress responses yep. to things. Yep. And they have to go towards something. So if you don't have maybe an outlet, I, you know, obviously we always talk about the gym and things like that, but yeah. if you don't have an outlet, but you still have those types of predilections, it's going to manifest <laughs> itself as, you know, I'm going to have a fucking meltdown over what is seemingly the most mundane thing in the world. Yeah. And there's, there is something to be said about like when, when the internet, Really came, you know, or when not, not when it really came out. <laughs> My it, version of the internet, yeah, right? when, yeah, when yeah. it soft Y'all came out. When Napster was free, yeah, you know? I know, right? <laughs> like when when that internet started coming up, like it's 
it you're right when you equate it to like fire coming. It was it's it's bigger than fire. It's like it is such a generational it's a multi-generational jump, right? Oh yeah. And and the fact that you now have access to the entire almost almost because I don't want to talk about dark web versus you know yeah, what I'm saying, yeah. but you have access to the entire world if you want. It's right there at your fingertips. Bill Gates gonna just give you a job right now. Internet is bigger than fire. <laughs> yeah, I should do it like Bill Gates. Internet is bigger than fire, and no. then jump over a chair. <laughs> <laughs> but because of because there was such a huge jump like this, unlike anything like ever seen before, where I think, and I don't want to, I'm 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 being one hundred percent like for real here, not like horn tooting. I feel like our age, our our generation is one of the best because we have the best of both worlds. Like we were we had to catch up to a lot of this stuff. We have the ability to be just as good a pe- well, like, we're shown we are shown respect a, a little bit more so. I think so, yeah. I, I, it, it has been my experience that they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, when you're on the cusp like we are like mid yes. to late 30s, mm-hmm. It, it gets viewed a little bit different than folks that are... 40 honestly, and older? Is that what you're saying? Well, well no. I mean, like, it, we get a pass. Again, because yeah. we were the kids <clears throat> that were still running around catching lightning bugs. Yeah. But then we had a classroom that had those old school IBMs and shit yep. in it. Yep. So, and then also we, we, un, we were able to quickly master... You know all the different tech. Uh, I wouldn't say quickly, but pretty pretty solidly master all some the different. Yeah, some of us. <laughs> yeah, uh, get a get a really solid hold of a lot of the tech that's out there. You know. Yeah, but uh, your your parents would say the same thing, and their parents would say the same thing. That they were the they were they were the midpoint between generations, and it's a trope, and it's true. But the the internet is just so but, different but compared. No, like, no, and I understand that, and I I totally like yeah. look. You are absolutely right as well because of the profundity of what the internet is and more specifically how it has evolved in our lifetimes, right? It's gone from a relatively niche uh, internet-connected set of computers that university researchers were using to... For everyone. Yes. And that's the other thing yes, too. Yes, and now it's... It's in a, your phone. It's a, like a parent. Pocket. It's like, like a fucking it's, parent, it's man. It's the great equalizer, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. Well, you know candy, what I'm saying? Yeah, candy, yeah, yeah. Well, and and we've talked about it in previous podcasts. The notion that like previous generations would look at elders in a society as being a wealth right. of knowledge and right. experience, and now people that are more adept at utilizing information technology have access to way more than yep. somebody that, that it doesn't that's in their yeah. 80s. You said right? that perfectly in that one episode. You're like, Grandma, you don't know shit. I'll just go and do they, a Google search yeah. and yeah, figure yeah. out this stuff. There are five and six-year-olds that are on you know tablets that are just killing it, like yeah. watching whatever yeah. they want to yeah. on YouTube, absorbing information at this crazy rate. Mm-hmm. It's uncharted territory, like he said. Mm-hmm. How how do we, and I know you, I know you, and I want to be conscious of your time, how do we stay not stay competitive how do we keep up people our age we're not going to we we're not die. going to just we accept done. that we yeah, won't we're be able to bro yeah <laughs> i guess that's <laughs> we're done. just pack it in <laughs> just how did, take yourself out back and just end how it. did how did people keep up when the first assembly line was made how did people keep up when they kept up by by controlling right so it's a it's another <laughs> tootin I'm basically sucking Darwin's dick at this point. <laughs> it's another uh, 
Darwinism thing there, but people get it wrong. Nature doesn't favor the strong. Nature favors the most adaptable. Mm. Period. Yeah. T Rex has got killed. That's yeah. true. Cockroaches yeah. made it. Yeah. 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 Generalists, man. It's yeah. less risky to be Who a can fucking pivot? generalist. Yeah. 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 And, so that's a good thing. And, that and was, also, real quick, I want to touch on the fact that Brandon has fudge on his shirt. I do. Huh? We assume it's fudge. <laughs> we yeah, assume. we assume it's fudge. <laughs> taste it. You want to taste it? Huh? No, no, you don't want to want you taste it. It's around that midsection, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to feed my belly. Yeah, no, it's okay, man. I'm down with whatever you do. It's 2019. I accept you. I had to get that off my chest because your little fudge stain has been distracting me this whole podcast. <laughs> to, to be fair, based on the position, it looks like you were pitching. <laughs> You got some splash bags. I've had a lovely day with my wife today. (laughs) (laughs) The truth is out. We slept in today. No, no, fudge things, man. You got to do it. Homie's about to get divorced. Oh, no. Oh, fudge stains, Uh, Wallace. Fudge stains. That's his new name, fudge stains. Damn it. All right, so so you're saying, again, just... (laughs) Just accept it. I'm we'll, sorry, we'll, we'll never like, like I was saying the the gener uh, the way that I thought that the generations before kept up was by controlling, was by managing, or was by uh, again it's it's controlling. Well, but you're saying to. they're well, yeah, still yeah, trying they, to. They're still the, fighting to the try generation and behind it. us is going to try to control the things that made their culture work. Right. So mm-hmm. how do we how do we keep ourselves out of that mindset and just try to be as adaptable as can. possible? I mean, I think that, well, cause look, listen just to listen this. to yourselves talk about this whole issue. It's like, yeah. damn kids. <clears throat> well, sure. I don't want, I don't yeah. want to think like sure. I'm, I'm, I'm scared for them. That's all it is. Well, and rightfully, I'm not like angry and with her. So. I'm just, I'm scared, yeah. dude. No. And rightfully so, because again, the things that you know, got you to where you're at. Yeah. And you're like, I have all this knowledge and these kids don't. And it's like, how do you transmute that? How do you share with them the life lessons that we had of catching lightning bugs and mason jars? Like, as stupid as that sounds, it's just it's a part of our experience, and it's what we we knew as kids, and we see the younger generation not experiencing these things, and we see because we killed all the lightning bugs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we trapped them. We were just yeah. like, we we them. just look at it until Sorry, it stops shining. <laughs> but you know, I it it seriously makes me think of like my uh, my stepdaughter. She's She's rocking an iPhone 7 with like a cracked screen and everything mm-hmm. like that. And uh, I just bought my wife a, a brand new like XS Max and everything tennis. like that. T- uh, yeah, tennis I don't know Max. what an XS Max is. I don't give a shit. It's all the same. But uh, I bought her <laughs> a, a just new one. it up shit. Uh, yeah, for real. I bought her a new one and everything. And, and she was like... Why can't I get a get a new one? I'm and I'm just sitting there like you don't need a new one because that's that yeah. old school yeah. thing yeah. in my head is like you need to appreciate. Go get a like switch. A, yeah, <laughs> go out in the bush to pick a switch. Actually, I cut all the trees down in my backyard because they were eyesores. But no, I'm just like go like in my head. It was like you need to appreciate having like this old thing or something like that. Or also maybe you don't need. You don't need all this tech packet packed into one thing. You should be going to school and doing dance team and doing this. Maybe it should have been like, well, maybe we should start Listen, looking together it's a, a little different frightening. thing. You, you said you're scared for this generation. Yeah. It's a little frightening also, I, if I'm honest, thinking about how adept 
like five, six, seven-year-olds are at manipulating the internet and the information. Because even though, like like you said, we are kind of that midpoint between technology, like, yeah. you know, the information age and not, dude, they are light years ahead of us. If they're learning this shit when they're five and six, seven years old, it's like second nature. They don't even have to think about it to yeah. access things. There's some caveats to that, though. Like, and, and this full circle back to the students that mm-hmm. I currently teach, it's like they're good at consuming it, right? It's sifting through the well, just they're using it as a consumer. It's uh, they're good at they're as good at using modern technology as we are using electricity, right? Go back two generations, yeah, compare that. Mm-hmm. First time somebody gets a phone in their house, you know, yeah, like it's second nature to us in that same way. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to extract, extract value from it, right? The kind of productive value that that oh, we would yeah. use as a differentiator. So it's it's interesting. I see this uh, with some of the students that I teach. It's like they're, and this might piggyback on what you were saying earlier, Chris, but it's like they're good at consuming things. It's it's difficult to get them to be able to produce with it, mm. right? It's great. You can use Facebook as a consumer. So can the other 2.3 billion monthly active users. <coughs> Damn. That's true. Have at it. <laughs> can you produce anything with it? Can you make an ad on it? Do you know how to... Convince somebody to purchase something with a post, right? So how do we use fire? Use it. it fire exists, but yeah. you have yeah. to utilize it. Yeah. So being being a teacher, an instructor, how do we get people to want to sort of become instructors and share knowledge and, and teach people and all that kind of stuff? If we're so set on consuming, consuming, consuming information. I, I think, and again, maybe this is because both of my parents are professors and they are both people who are giving knowledge, giving knowledge. I, I, I think that that's something that's important. Should we maybe accept that the new teacher is YouTube or the new teacher no, is... You're doing it right now. Yeah. Um, you just have to adapt to them. You're reaching them on a level where they where they are. Meeting them. You're making a podcast right now. This is the where things are going. They're yeah. listening to you. Yeah. So just continue doing this and continue Yo. putting out these little lessons. Mm-hmm. The, and You've been I, doing it the whole time. Well, sure, and, sure. And check this out. Like we were talking about the link between actual human evolution and these technological advancements. If you look back to our Paleolithic ancestors, I think on average they had a brain mass relative to body size 15% greater than the average human being today does. Mm-hmm which is a mark of domestication. It's the same as like wolves have overall a roughly about 10, 15% larger brain mass than than a dog dog does. Um, That, that extra brain mass was used to problem solve independent of this large social network. Our paleolithic ancestors lived in smaller tight knit groups. And a lot of times, I guess a situation you were on your own trying to figure that shit out. That extra little bit of brain power helped out. Now, all of that power exists outside of us. That so collection, it's no longer needed. And, and and to be honest with you, again, the way biology works, like he's talking, you, you don't pass on... Uh, it, it's not the strongest that passes on their genes. It's not going to be the smartest person that passes on their genes. It's the most adaptable. So it's possible that you know this could result in... And I know that this is 
me going way down a rabbit hole, but it's things even like brain atrophy, if we're talking about 100, 200 years in the future, if we don't have to do any thinking for ourselves, all the thinking is yeah, right there at our fingertips, and we don't have to, again, we don't have to worry about big cats jumping out of the bushes. Domestication, we, we are not... Uh, we are not exempt from the same rules as the rest of the natural kingdom. Okay. And if we domesticate ourselves, which a lot of this amounts to, it's going to have similar implications, in my opinion. And I know that that's going way down the fucking sure. rabbit hole, but... I don't know. I, I, I just like talking shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, what, do you agree with that, Cody? Um, so it's it can have definitely can have implications. The problem is nobody knows what the future is, right? Yeah. We we may have You're supposed to know. You're the you're the you're the <laughs> guy that's supposed to know yeah, trends but, and stuff like that. But we we may have crossed some threshold where the reality of what it means to be a human in the past is dead. That's a very powerful thing. And we need to we, we need to relearn that. what it means to be human We wouldn't right know now. that, you know. Yeah. But I mean there are some parts and I think tied to the biological aspects it's like the dopaminogenetic system in your brain, it still works the way that it did 100,000 years ago. Like, yeah. it's the same system, right? Uh, the uh, This is from Peterson. He talks about the uh, serotonin, serotonin, I don't know how to say that, um, the, but the serotonin system in lobsters. Well, I they, remember that, The yeah. same thing that's in human brains, and it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. It's been around longer than trees. Yep. Well, yep. What the hell, man? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's this constant fighting as a species with the things that make us work that we're not perhaps even aware of on a biological level and then adapting to what it means to operate on a societal, cultural level, mm-hmm. right? And the slow shift that is culture and society and the needs that are on modern man and how that slowly moves into the future tempering that with the our biological underpinnings that we have zero control over. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I read recently that something even like the overbite, the mm-hmm. development of the overbite and the emphasis of the overbite in um, Homo sapiens mm-hmm. has been pivotal in our social development because it allowed for a much greater range of linguistic... No way. Wow. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. The, and again, if you think about it, if you try and talk with an underbite, it's... Yeah. Limiting yeah. as fuck. It is limiting. Yeah. That's funny. I hear. Uh, yeah. So no, these I think social have things, these, the social utility is pushing profound. It has profound biological implications. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh, guys, we can go on, and <laughs> there's so much we can talk about this. But I, I do want to. Uh, <coughs> I want to. It's it's time to wrap it up because I know you got stuff to do. I know you, you said you have finals week coming. It, yeah, next week's finals week, so I got to oh, get shit, uh, that sucks, all man. that stuff prepared. All right, so where can people learn more about you? Oh, God. Do you want people to learn more? Do you more want about people you? to learn more about you? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you've got the photography stuff. You've got Brewfest, which is like one of the best beer festivals, man, I've oh, been thanks. to. It's awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah, so, I mean, the Brewfest is bgbrewfest.com. Uh, the digital agency is hangoutcreative.com. Uh, the options trading website, should you find yourself wanting to trade derivatives, uh, short calls and puts is options-intelligence.com. 
And uh, <laughs> the university is wku.edu. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> Want to go to college? Here we go. That's your band. No, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Um, Instagram, anything like that? Yeah, my uh, Instagram is uh, uh, Gramit Cody. Okay, is that G R A M M I T? Yeah. Like damn it, Cody, but Gramit. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like Cody. that. Guys, hit him up. He's got really good photography on there. I love his his. It's okay. No, man. He does good with the photo picture. Man, he went to, where where was it? Ireland or something like that? Literally, that country just, it's everything you look at. Shit looks like Windows 7 screen, like wallpapers. Like everywhere you go to, it's like, well, damn, okay. This is for real what it looks like. It's just beautiful scenery, man. And whatever camera you use, oh my God. (laughs) It's all the camera, man, for sure. It's all the camera. Good God, man. He's out there crushing it, though. But uh, I, I want to thank you for stepping in and, and talking with us. I think that there's going to be a lot more conversations that we can have, especially as we try to learn about ourselves, man, and, and understand our place in relation to the generations before us and the generations after us. I know that you are very political, too, and so we're going to be able to – excuse me. I sound like trash, by the way, if you guys haven't realized that. My oh, allergies trash. suck. Yeah, I know. But uh, – uh, I want us to be able to uh, have some more political discussions, and you're someone that I want to bring in there. Um, and uh, and then, of course, if we have any other hot-button topic or something like that, I think that you're going to be a very, very good resource. Uh, again, Cody is the, the first person I went and talked to when I said that I wanted to have, like, a podcast. And, and then, you know, I, and I still will hit you up and be like, is this a stupid idea or what would work or this, that, and the other. And so he's someone that I, that I absolutely look up to for – for any kind of advice, because you just give it to me straight, so I'm I'm okay with that. And uh, uh, you provide all kinds of uh, perspective that I never even think of. And I think that I learned a lot even now. You know, this just the one thing right now that really stuck out today was just the fact that we shouldn't be trying to control <laughs> the, the, those after. We shouldn't be trying to, in, in my opinion, protect them or something. Uh, it's just they got to go out there and experience and feel and find out what works best for them, almost just like we kind of did. Uh, and it just it just sucks because it's just like I, it's like you're looking down and you yeah. can see the different sort of you can have an idea of the different paths. It's just yeah. like, hey, this might go to this yeah. like really shitty situation, but you just got to let them go and do it. And uh, that's something that even I am learning uh, to do as as a as a stepdad. My God, it's. It's crazy just just looking at it. And I view myself as a, as a very laissez-faire type of parent. I kind of like, you know, I stand on the side, just like look and make sure that it's like you're not dying. We're good. If you need me for something, you know, you can always reach out. But uh, it's hard to do that because I am, I am a bit of a control freak, you know. And, uh, and maybe that's why I feel like I have maybe some kind of concern or reservation with a lot of the kids now because I know that they can be doing so much and maybe they are doing so much as it is, you know, and, and I just got to accept that, you know, so definitely there's a lot more space for us to be able to have more conversations like this. So I, again, I do want to thank you for, for jumping on and talking with us. Uh, do you guys have any shameless shout outs or anything I like just, that? I would like to give a shameless shout out to the, the fudge stain on Brandon's shirt. Yeah. First and yeah. Foremost. <laughs> it was nothing wrong it. with pitching. <laughs> hey man. No, Hey, and, uh, I'll also shameless shout out to, uh, Tyler young at grade eight performance. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, 
still rocking and rolling. He's got Good. quite a few clients. I think he's got pretty much a, a, a full load of clients right now. Nice. So, um, and then also shout out to BG Powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying to make some genuine fucking changes and you're not afraid, that's the place to go. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Brandon? Um, I don't really have a shout out. I just want to he's touch gonna, on what you were saying he's gonna with say your something. daughter and everything. No, 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 really. Um, it's like, watch what you say, <laughs> motherfucker. Here we go. <laughs> but, you know, she's always watching you. So as long as you're leading by example, sure. they yeah. will continue on that path also. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, kids today, they have all this stuff at their fingertips. You do too. Yeah. So as long as you keep doing it, they're watching you. Sure, sure. Make use of the the tools and, and be I a generalist. Yeah, I thought he was too because I was just like, "Here comes the uppercut." <laughs> no. no, but uh, guys, we appreciate your time. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us. Uh, if you guys have any sort of feedback or any comments, questions, concerns, hit us up on Instagram at the Salumis Podcast. Uh, go to our website www.thesalumis.com you can listen to the episode on there just add slash podcast to that hit us up on Facebook and we're also on Twitter but I don't really tweet too much it's kind of like I'm not that good at it it yeah yeah Um, (laughs) and and thank you again for coming on dude thanks for having me yeah really you're you're going to be on for more episodes so just be prepared for that guys that's it for us Uh, everyone enjoy your week Kick some ass today, and we are out. Peace.